When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. It's Wisconsin Preview Day. We have worked through the non-conference schedule, Notre Dame, Arkansas State, and Toledo. And now we get to what is a big, big, Big Ten opener for the Ohio State Buckeyes. September 24th, I believe. Is that correct? Third, 10th, yep. yeah, season. season the guest is, that's how good the guest is. The guest <laughs> is like, I know the date better than the host. He's Zach Heilprin. He is the sports director of the zone in Madison. This guy was right in Madison in the heart. They're talking Badgers 24 hours a day in Madison. Zach, thank you for joining us here on Buckeye Talk. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Only reason I know the date is trying to figure out accommodations and getting down to Columbus to see what sounding like a late afternoon or night game, uh, which I'm sure everyone in the media, yourself included, very excited about a potential night game and having to get your uh, copy in right away. I'm very old and I get very sleepy. So that is my <laughs> issue. Um, if they wanted to kick off now, I was always a night owl. And now I'm one of those guys who like gets up at 6 a.m. and starts working. And by like 7 p.m., I'm ready for bed. So I don't know if we could talk to Kevin Warren about like like a nice like 8.30 a.m. kickoff. Just get your yeah, day, right? get your day rolling. Like why wait? Yeah, I remember hating, hating early games. When you were a fan growing up, hated getting having to get to Camp Randall like at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, didn't allow you to do any of the pregame festivities nearly as much as you would like to. But now every game can be at 11. And if 11 is not early enough, 839 sounds good, too. You know what? Get up, start your day. Like you work at a nice nap in the afternoon and have a nice, reasonable bedtime. Why? We're sounding, that, we're sounding very old right now. That's what college football <laughs> fans want. A nice, reasonable bedtime. This is going to be a big game. This is going to be a high profile game. Uh, it's already been gla- grabbed by ABC ESPN. We know it's going to be a big time national game because, you know, both these teams probably should be undefeated coming into this game. And we know that Ohio State and Wisconsin have been at the top of their respective divisions more often than not in the Big Ten. So, Zach, again, you you are there in Madison. You are talking Badgers. You want to talk about the players, the coaches. There's some interesting changes that have happened with Wisconsin football. But I want to start off with a little bit of the vibe of Wisconsin football right now. This is a program that has achieved at an incredibly high and pretty darn consistent level. I think, really, outside of Ohio State, if you look at the last decade of Big Ten football, every other every other team in the conference, I think, would take what Wisconsin has had. Now, you know, Michigan State broke through. They had a really good run with Antonio. They broke through and got to the playoff. Michigan gets got to the playoff. But when you look at the stretch of double-digit wins from 2009 
through 2019. That's a decade where, what, like eight out of 11 years, there's double-digit wins. Four and three in the COVID year, nine and four last year. How would you describe, Zach, sort of where the fan base is right now? What do they want Wisconsin football to be? Are they satisfied right now? Or, you know, off a four-loss season, do they feel like, ah, we need a little more? Yeah, a couple years ago, if you had asked that question, I think there would have been a lot of people very excited about what Wisconsin football is and what it what it had been has been under Paul Christ. I mean, they were just coming off a Rose Bowl appearance, obviously Ohio State in the playoffs, so they got to go to the Rose Bowl that year in 2019. And Paul Chris had been to the uh, uh, Rose Bowl, excuse me, the um, Orange Bowl, and had been to the uh, Cotton Bowl. Bowl. Like he, all yep. these, all these bowl, big time bowl games he had been to, and people were really feeling good about where uh, things were headed. And then these last two years happened, and uh, I think there's probably some people that are not satisfied with what they've seen, especially because they play in the West, and because the West is not necessarily always considered to be the best division in college football. Though I will say. If you take Ohio State out of the equation, the West and East are pretty even, right? I mean, if you yep. look at the records over the last, you know, since it went into into play in 2014, but what Wisconsin, uh, there, there is, I think, dissatisfaction with what has happened the last two years. I think that they believe they should be in the Big Ten title game every year, and if not, every other year, and that's what he was before this uh, this past year so or these past two years so I think there is some dissatisfaction with where Wisconsin football is right now but I think there's also some a lot of hope because prior to this year they had three straight recruiting classes that were the best that they had ever had including uh, the number 16 recruiting class in 2021 that you know you feel like the talent is building and so that's I think that there is expectations this year and the expectations are win the Big Ten West and then go try your hand against uh, against Ohio State, which just hasn't worked out, obviously, for them the three times that they've met in the title game. We have seen teams like Cincinnati and Michigan and Michigan State and Washington sort of punch through and have their year in the playoff, right? We had that 2015 Michigan State-Iowa Big Ten Championship game that was a play-in game for the playoff. As you said, Wisconsin has been there a lot, and, and it's always – I mean, they had, they had a great, that was a great Big Ten championship game with Penn State and Wisconsin that year. Yeah. Wisconsin had the big lead and Penn State rally. That was two really good football teams. But more often than that, it's Ohio State standing in the way of Wisconsin. But how do Wisconsin fans view the playoff? Do, is there some idea of like, man, maybe we should have punched through and had our year by now? Or the idea that, hey, I always think a lot of life is your life. Sports life is your team being in the mix because it's fun to be in the discussion all year. And if you start off and lose three of your first five games and it's like, well, we're out. We don't even get to imagine it. But if you're there all year and then you fall a little bit short, man, you had three fun months of being part of the talk. How do how have Wisconsin fans viewed the playoff? Yeah, the playoff is is interesting. I, I think there's a, a split here because you, you talked about the success they've had the last 10 years. Really, if you go back, 30 years since Barry Alvarez showed up 1993, they, they break through and go to the big 10. They go to the Rose bowl. They win the big 10, go to the Rose bowl, win it. You know, they'd won the big 10 another five times since then. So like, it's one of those situations where they, uh, before that time, there was no success. So if you talk to people that had been watching this team in the seventies and eighties, they're ha- I think a lot of them are happy where they're at, right? Like being in contention in the big 10 West and being in contention for a you know, potential big 10 title. And then there's people that have been watching Wisconsin football for the last 30 years. And there's quite a few of them now that they're not, that they believe 
something greater is possible and should be mm-hmm. the the aim. So I think the, the college football playoff is there. I will say this. I think if Wisconsin ever breaks through the playoff and they had their chances, right? You know, 2016, probably not against Penn State because they already lost, had already lost twice, including to Ohio State in the regular season. But in 2017, they're undefeated going into that game. And they're 43 yards away. They come up short against Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. 2019, probably not. But that was I think that team was good enough to potentially be in the playoff. But once they get there, are they going to win a game? I don't think that they are going to win a game. And if they do, are they going to be able to win two of them against uh, a Georgia or an Alabama or an LSU or Clemson or, you know, Ohio state, if, if they were to get two teams in, I don't, that's, that's really tough. So I think that there are some people that are completely fine with them competing for the big 10, because if you compete for the big 10, this was Barry Alvarez's thing all along. If you compete for a big 10 title, there's a very good chance that you're going to end up in the college football playoff. If you win the big 10. So I think, um, I think there are uh, there's a certain group of fans that are are fine with where they're at. And then there's other ones that want them to push through and, and get to the next level. Now, this is life, too, Zach. Right. It's like you're you are you aspire to be something and then you get there and then you're like, oh, now this isn't good enough. Now I want to aspire to be something else. Meanwhile, everybody else, Iowa and Nebraska and Minnesota. Can you imagine if Nebraska was Wisconsin? They, they have already built a statue to Scott Frost. Nebraska would yes. cut off Scott Frost's pinky toe to be Wisconsin. But now Wisconsin's been Wisconsin for long enough that maybe I, I understand if there are people at Wisconsin that say, well, why, why aren't we Michigan? Why yep. didn't we punch through? So I, I get that. It's hard to be satisfied with your lot in life. Wisconsin's really good at football. Can I just interrupt myself with a quick question here? I can't help it. This is probably an outsider thing. <laughs> and you guys in Madison are like, God, here, here, they can't get. Do Wisconsin fans hate Brett Bielema or like Brett Bielema or not care about Brett Bielema now that he's back in their division? There was a lot, a lot of hate when it first happened, right? He leaves after the 2012 season. He, they just won a Big Ten title, their third straight Big Ten title in 2012. He leaves and goes to Arkansas, a program that, you know, Wisconsin had had been more successful then. And he wants to go to the SEC and try his hand in the SEC and all that stuff and get out of Barry's shadow. And I think they would have been fine with it. But then the whole karma thing happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know if did you, I, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah. I'm, people I'm sure are, you are. Yeah. Jen, yeah, Jen, yeah. Jen, right? Jen Bielma, Jen. Yeah, Jen Bielma. So Wisconsin in 2013, right? Like for anybody that's not familiar with it, 2013, Wisconsin goes out to Arizona State. It's a great game back and forth. Melvin Gorg runs all over the place. And then they, they're trying to set up the winning field goal. Joel Stabby takes a, a knee. The refs didn't call him down. He puts the ball down. Arizona State jumps on top of it. Wisconsin never gets the chance to kick the, uh, the field goal to win the game. And right afterwards, Jen Bielma tweets out karma. And it's trending. It's trending. Uh, and so I think there was a lot of dislike there. I don't, that, that wasn't Brett, right? That wasn't Brett that did that. But it was, it was Jen. And they, you know, she, I don't think, was ever heavily liked here in the city. Uh, I don't think she really liked living here. So I yeah. think that's probably a part of it. But so, yeah, so karma, every time anything went wrong for Bet Bielma at Arkansas, karma started trending. So there was a lot of dislike there. There people were probably very happy around here that he, he got fired. Um, but look, Barry Alvarez helped him get that job at, at Illinois. He was one of the guys that um, the AD, uh, Josh um, Whitman, is it? Whit- who is it? No, yeah, that's uh, right. That's, yeah, I think that's um, right. He, uh, reached out to, to, or I think Brett asked him to call and he called like two seconds later. And you know, that job is that I think Brett is going to actually turn that team into a competitive one. Like, I think I, that they're going to, be I do too. I do too. Cause, 
he's it's it's a great fit for him. But um, I don't think there's a lot of hate. I do expect booze when he shows up here this fall for the first time since 2012. I do booze, no booze and that. booze, booze and but I wish it, I think I we wish it was Ohio State, like where you can where you can sell booze uh, here uh, in the you don't yeah you guys no, can't you guys don't sell they don't sell beer at Wisconsin no beer games? in the stadium no beer in the stadium uh, I should is say it the fifties what is it the fifties there is it Happy Days Happy General, Days based in Wisconsin by the yes, way General seating, yeah general seating. No, 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 no beer in the suites. And then they're building this new addition to the north end zone or the south end zone. That's like a whole bunch of boxes and suites and like kind of trying to get some extra money. They're going to be selling them there, too. There's been a push for beer, but, but it, it's not a Wisconsin football decision. It's a Wisconsin school decision. Um, so we'll see. I think there's a push for it. and It, it would certainly, uh, I think, even add to the environment. But Wisconsin, you would think at Wisconsin, of all places in the Big Ten, would be the one that would sell beer. Wow. I, I, I don't even want to talk about football anymore. Yeah. I didn't realize this. I just that's fascinating to me because it's one of those things when when Wisconsin is like 13 and one, it's like, hey, we're happy. We don't need beer. You know, you lose four games again. You're going to need some beer. So yes. yep. <laughs> that's that's crazy. To me. I like Brett Bielema belongs in the Big Ten. I loved yep. Brett Bielema as like a Big Ten villain. Like yes. a guy who's like poking at Ohio State and poking at everybody else yep. and then would go out. You know, he he had one great win against Ohio state, which, which ruined national title hopes for them in 2010, but competed. Like I just, I, I lot, he belongs here. He belongs yeah. in the big 10. He's a big 10 coach. I get why you went and tried and you took the money and maybe you want to live on a lake. Everybody in the South wants to live on a lake. There's lakes up here too. They're just colder. So you can we got a ton of lakes. Yeah. Ton of lakes. We got, ton, we got a ton of lakes here. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, we, the, the campus is on an isthmus. I mean, there's, there's a lake, lake, lake. Yeah. I, do they have shirts that say the campus is on in this myth? I would wear that shirt. <laughs> so I don't know why you want to leave. Madison's a great town. Anyway, he belongs here. So I like that. So this leads us to now. I don't, I don't, now, Zach, you're there. I don't want to, hey, this, so this Ohio State guy came on and like made Zach say a bunch of stuff. And now everybody's out to get. Jim Leonard is one of the more respected defensive coordinators in the country, I think. Jim Leonard's been the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin since 2017. He's a badger through and through. Certainly could have left by now. I'm sure has gotten offers for more money elsewhere. Wisconsin's done a good job to keep him. Paul Christ is a badger through and through and has done a very good job, especially at the beginning of his tenure. But again, to recap, Paul Christ, starting off in 2015, 10 and 3, 11 and 3, 13 and 1. Great. Undefeated in the Big Ten Championship game. Then 8 and 5, 10 and 4, 4 and 3, 9 and 4. So his first three seasons, AP final finish 2197. The last four years, not in the top 25, 11th, not in the top 25, not in the top 25. Is there anybody who wants Jim Leonard to be the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers? There are a ton of people that want Jim Leonard to be the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, there's no, and I, I, here's the thing he will be at some point. I have no doubt about that. I, I know. I don't see any other candidates right now. Like he, it's going to be him. Even if he goes somewhere else to be a head coach, maybe he goes to a different program to be a head coach. He comes back to Wisconsin because he loves Wisconsin. He grew up here. He's played. He walked on here, played here, was an all American here, moved back after, you know, a 10 year, 11 year NFL career and has had, as you mentioned, plenty of opportunities to leave. Um, you know, I think Alabama came after him. Florida state came after him, uh, you know, earlier in his tenure, the green Bay Packers wanted him last year. And he turned them down. You're turning down the Green Bay Packers. You're doing that for a reason. You want to be at Wisconsin. And yep. so 
Um, that's a possibility. There are a ton of people that want him there. Uh, I would be very hard. I think it'd be very um, surprising if Paul Chris were to get fired and then he would be the next guy. Like I, I think Paul Chris, based on the success he said, and, and again, Chris McIntosh, the new AD, that's not necessarily, Paul Chris is not his guy, but Chris McIntosh, also a Wisconsin guy yep. and uh, growing up in the state. So I don't think, um, I think it's going to be Paul Chris leaving on his own. If you, when, whenever that happens, leaving on his own, I'd be, I mean, again, things could go horribly wrong and they could turn into Illinois or they could turn into insert horrible team of the big 10. I don't see that happening, but it could. And then maybe something changes in that respect, but I don't think Paul Chris is going anywhere, but yes, there are a ton of people that wish Jim Leonard was the coach at this point of Wisconsin Badgers for sure. Cause they're, cause they're scared about him leaving. Yes. They're scared about him leaving and, and not coming back. And yet I, everybody I've talked to, everything I know about him is he would come running back in a second to be the head coach of Wisconsin. Sometimes though, I do believe in the idea of if you think you've got a special guy in the building, don't let him leave. Right. right. I mean, that was Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame, I think was that. Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, I think, was that. Jim Leonard, 39 years old, you know, certainly old enough to be a head coach but right now, also has time. But I do think when you look at some of the uh, – listen, I'm kind of on the mind of given, – given a choice, I think I'd take an offensive-minded head coach because then you have an offensive style. It's such an offensive um, game right now. Sometimes you can lose an offensive coordinator and lose your identity. It happened to Penn State. It happened to LSU. And all of a sudden it's like, ah, well, if your head coach is your offensive play caller, that doesn't happen as much. But when you think about Pat Fitzgerald and Luke Fickle and Marcus Freeman, Mel Tucker is a defensive guy. And it's like, man, sure working out for those guys. And it's like Jim Leonard is, I mean, that's, he might be better. He's like, he's Luke Fickle, Pat Fitzgerald, like right now he's he would be that i think immediately and you know again people think marcus freeman is going to be awesome i think jim leonard's going to be awesome when he's a head coach mel tucker michigan state had him for a year and was like we got to give this guy almost 10 million dollars a year because we can't let him go i think jim leonard could be a kind of guy that wisconsin says we can't let him go but at the moment you have a guy who was very successful in the recent past and is still pretty good so I, I, it, I get why fans maybe are pushing for it, but also it's not like, I don't know. Paul Christ right. is not on the hot seat. Exactly. Is he? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, again, they, if they beat Minnesota, they're playing in the big 10 title game, you know, against Michigan and likely getting blown out at that point. But they, they were going to be there if they had beaten, if they had shown up and played against Minnesota. I think that there are some concerns about in-game coaching with Paul Christ at times, the offense, which is what he's supposed to be great at, right? Like that's, if you go, I mean, you think back to when he was the offense coordinator here, right? He was the offense coordinator from 2005 to 2011. The two offenses, his last two offenses, it was constantly the highest scoring offenses in the in the in the uh, in school history. They put yep. up 42 and then 40. Uh, I think it was 44. Russell Wilson certainly helped with that one of those years, um, and that's why he got a job at Pitt. That I mean, the offense, the offense, like his offensive mind is the reason why he got at Pitt, and the offense for the most of his tenure. I mean, he could 20. 17 was okay and 2019 was 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 pretty darn good with Jonathan Taylor and Quintez Cephas but the offense just hasn't been good enough if they could have could have had just a slightly above average to good offense in any of these years to go along with what they put together on defense every single year of his outside of one of his time it'd be insane and so 
I know you mentioned earlier in the show that they've made some changes to their, to the, to the staff. Um, and they're trying to get the offense back to, you know, being more than, uh, just average. And, uh, Paul Christ has to be a part of that. But if, my whole thing with this is if you're an offensive head coach, your offense better be good and you better yeah. have a big role in it. And, uh, I think it's gone the other way with him a little bit. I mean, he, he's uh, kind of st- taken a step back and we'll see if it matters uh, offensively for them. He's still going to have his hands in it. Cause that's just who he is, but it's going to take a step back and, and we'll see. Cause I, this is not a slam of Paul Christ, but I feel like if he's not calling plays and he's not putting together a great offense, what does he do very, very well? And I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if there is a thing you could sit there and say he does very, very well. Um, if he's not putting together a very good offense and calling plays. I mean, he's not rowing the boat, right? Thank I mean, God. He, just, he doesn't have a dynamic personality like that, which is fine. You don't have That's, to win the press conference. Dynamic person. You had that fleck. You had that flex. Thank God. Just locked and loaded there. <laughs> I, I, that, that guy, man, come on. I, I, I know that there, he's entertaining for people, certain people but it's just over the top for me. And maybe it's just, we see it a lot more up here because he's in the West and, and it's just, it's just who he is, but it, it just feels, it feels fake. It feels uh, over the top, feels very um, slimy at times. So that's, I mean, again, couldn't be more different. Couldn't be more different. And like Wisconsin's not looking for that. Yeah, no, he is. He would, that would not work here. Would not yeah. work here. And again, I've talked to the Minnesota guys, talked to them every year at Big Ten Media Days and ask them about PJ, and they love him. Like, you know, you, if that's what you're about and that's what you love, go and play for him. It, it's just so anti-Wisconsin and, and just anti, um, I don't know, decency. I don't know. I, I, don't even know what the, I don't even know what the answer for that. I don't even know what the, to go there with. But I, not, not a fan of PJ Flex. So, yes, um, row the boat can row itself on down somewhere else if it, if it, if it doesn't mind, please. <sighs> So let's talk about what's happening on the offensive side of the ball. Bobby Ingram coming from the Baltimore Ravens as an offensive coordinator. So this is Paul Christ, like giving up the reins. How big of a change is this? Is Bobby Ingram, like is, how different is the Wisconsin offense going to be? How big of a move was this for Paul Christ to bring in someone like this? Well, he worked with Bobby at Pitt uh, for a couple of years when he was their wide receivers coach. Um, and then he went to the NFL, obviously. We got to watch spring practice. We got to watch the final 11 practices of spring. And I'll be honest, I don't think the average person is going to notice a huge difference. Hmm. There are some more empty sets. There are some, you know, maybe a little bit different uh, run plays, tosses, that type of stuff. Uh, They certainly are threatening the ball down the field a little bit more than what we've seen in recent years. I don't know how much of their offense they were actually showing in spring. It's spring, you know, I don't, you're working on a lot of things. You're, You're installing that type of stuff, but uh, I don't think there's going to be a huge, and I've, and we asked the guys, will the average person understand the difference of what you've done in the past to what you'll see this fall and almost to a man? No, it is a new playbook. Like there is new terminology and all that stuff in there. Um, there, you know, they're doing different things, but I don't necessarily think you're going to see a huge, huge departure from what Wisconsin is. That's not to say that Bobby Inger won't have an impact. I think he will, but, um, I don't think there's going to be just a huge, huge shift from what Wisconsin's done and how they've successfully been to now going to um, what they're going to be this fall. Did, did it feel like Paul Christ had to do this? Was it a surprise that he did it? The, the hire in general, how, how, what did you think when it was announced? The surprise, I, I think it was actually kind of, he's, 
was a little surprised that um, it was Bobby Ingram because you just hadn't heard his name pop up. There were some other names that that were out there, but uh, the, the hire didn't surprise me. The fact that he's coaching quarterbacks <laughs> kind of caught us off a little bit because he's he's coached wide receivers and tight ends his entire career. And now he's doing quarterbacks. But no, it, it, it was not a surprise that look, Joe Rudolph was a very good offensive line coach and a solid offense quarter, not a great play caller, as we found out in 2020. Um, I don't know how that's not all his fault, but they, he, he was a Wisconsin guy through and through. And at the end of the year, he moves on. You knew there was going to be a pretty seismic shift okay. on the offensive staff and one that was needed because, as I, I think I said earlier, outside of 2019 and maybe a little bit of 2017, the offense just hasn't been uh, good enough to match up with what they've done on defense. So they needed they needed this. Paul Christ, I think, knew he needed this. He, he, he actually kind of said as much, like, we needed – we need to be better on offense. We need to make some changes there. And he did. And no idea if they're going to work out. No one, no one knows if they're going to work out, but the, the changes were needed for sure. Okay. We will take a quick break here on Buckeye Talk. Come back with Zach Heilprin talking about on the field stuff. We're going to get to some player breakdowns next on Buckeye Talk. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Doug and Zach back. Pretty, pretty soft, open part of the schedule. Illinois State. Washington State, New Mexico State, and then at Ohio State in week four. Ohio State, Notre Dame, Arkansas State, and Toledo, both should be 3-0 and coming into this game. We did, Zach, last week on uh, the College Football Survivor Show, which is National College Pod I did, we did a Big Ten breakdown and playoff dark horse, you know, playoff, most likely playoff team, everybody said Ohio State, shocked there. Wisconsin was my playoff dark horse because my guess at the moment, and some people push back on this because there are some interesting teams in the West. My guess at the moment is that Wisconsin is 3-0, and comes to Columbus on September 24th, loses, and then wins the rest of its games and meets Ohio State and again the Big Ten Championship. That's where I am in right now, in the spring. And part of that was, this was my great theory. This is my great and now uh, I'm really good, Zach. Just so I don't know if you have, you've never met me before. This is how I break it down. I just bring, I bring the deep analytical thoughts. This is what I said. What if Graham Mertz is good? <laughs> what if? Right? Yeah, right. Um, Boom. And everybody, I blew everybody's minds on that yes. show. Well, I love Graham Mertz and it hasn't been quite maybe what people thought. It has not. Uh, his first start through five touchdowns uh-huh. it has it has not been anywhere close to that since. And look, he was guys are running all over the place open against Illinois. So it is what it is. Um, what if he is good? There are a lot of people that are hoping that here because yeah. look, for the most part, I think Wisconsin um, defensively is going to match up with a lot of good teams. I don't know if they're going to slow Ohio state because Ohio state's offense is just going to be, <laughs> I think obviously everyone that's listening to this knows it's going to be insane. But offensively, if Graham Mertz can be, and I talked, you know, this kind of goes back to the offense. 
if the offense can be average to good, I think you're right. I think they can beat anybody outside of Ohio State if their offense can be average to good. And that starts with Graham Mertz. Graham has not been good enough. And um, you're not expecting that out of the guy who was the highest rated quarterback that's ever come to Wisconsin in the, you know, in the rankings era, a guy who was recruited heavy by Ohio state, a guy who was recruited by every major program in the country. And uh, he chose Wisconsin. He loves Wisconsin, still loves Wisconsin, but he hasn't been able to be consistent. We've seen flashes of it. Saw it in spring. There's one day he'll make just the most perfect throw and the next throw will be not where it needs to be. Um, the biggest thing for him is, and in the Badgers in general, cutting down on turnovers. Uh-huh. Um, but he just hasn't, he just has not been the quarterback that everyone was expecting. I think a lot of people around here have already given up on him. The problem for them, there's nobody behind him. There's not anybody pushing him for a starting job. And so you're right now, it's Graham Mertz or nobody. Is this, when you get a guy like this, and it did it feel like, okay, we know what Wisconsin does well. They do a lot well. They run the ball well. Their defense is really good. You add like a, if you add, say, one of the 20 best quarterbacks in the country to that, that's elevating. Now we see the, 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 the next level Wisconsin. Is it, do people view it as sort of like a failure of development? Again, this was a guy that everybody wanted. And I just thought he was, there'd been a lot of solid Wisconsin quarterbacks. You know that. But as you said, this was the highest rated guy. Like what, ha- like what do people think has happened? What happened? Well, I think it's, I mean, development for sure. Also, people calling him overrated, right? Um, playing high school football where he did in Kansas, not exactly the toughest um, uh, competition that he, that he faces. Now, he went to the All-American game and threw a bunch of touchdowns and, uh, you know, was really, really good. Spencer Rattler was there, too, uh, on the same team. Like, a couple of guys that came out were really, really highly recruited and now are not necessarily – and actually, a lot of the guys in that, that, in that uh, quarterback class – have ended up transferring and going elsewhere. But, you know, with Graham, he uh, is still the most positive guy. He's still got a ton of confidence in himself. I don't think the rest of the offense has done him any favors, specifically the offensive line. We always think Wisconsin's got this dominant offensive line. They haven't these last two years. I think there's a chance that that could change this year. And outside of, I mean, and they also just don't have necessarily a huge set of weapons outside of the backfield with, you know, with, with Braylon Allen. So, uh, there's a lot that goes into it, but Graham has taken it on his shoulders and he's owned absolutely everything that, that has happened to him. And I still like my, my confidence level in Graham has dipped a little bit in, in each year, but I still think there's a possibility he can be that guy because he's got the arm. We've seen that he's uh-huh. got all the things, the intangibles, he's smart, um, but it's, it's gotta be more consistent. And if he can add that consistency to it and he's potentially got, I mean, with COVID year, he could be here for another three years. I don't think he will be, but he could be here for another three years. But I think everything you said about them adding a top 20 quarterback to this team makes sense. And it's reason why they went after Caleb Williams in the offseason. Um, you know, they whether that was realistic or not, people can people can uh, discuss that among themselves. But they definitely were interested in Caleb Williams. And if you had added Caleb Williams to this team, I think that they certainly are in the Big Ten West. They're the favorite in the Big Ten West, win the Big Ten West, and maybe even give Ohio state a game in the big 10 championship game. That's what a great quarterback can do. And we saw it, I guess it's been a decade now or more than a decade. Now we saw that with Russell Wilson. It yeah. makes them different. I, everyone around here would love to see a Russell Wilson type quarterback with the type of defense that they have now that 2011 defense wasn't any good, but if you put it to, if you put a great offense like that with what they do on defense, it'd be a scary proposition for a lot of teams. And a quarterback is at the top of that list of what they need.
Braylon Allen, great freshman year. This offensive line, you said it hasn't been maybe to the Wisconsin standard. A lot of guys back, right? But the left tackle kicking inside, somebody new at left tackle. Like, just what do you think this run game is going to look like with now Braylon Allen's going to be the guy for a full year? And there seems to be some experience on the offensive line, but maybe they're getting the pieces in the right place. Yeah. So the recruiting on the offensive line, I mentioned the, the top, you know, these last three classes before 2022, how good it was. A lot of that was the offensive line, o- offensive line and outside linebacker. Um, but offensive line, they got, you know, Jack Nelson, who started at right guard last year, was a, a five-star kid in high school, was definitely a tackle body, but Joe Rudolph moved to Vince Tide because he liked another guy at right tackle. But I think he's going to be a stalwart at left tackle. He's a very, he's very athletic. He's long. He's going to be a very good player. You're right. They moved their left tackle, Tyler Beach, into left guard. Another four-star kid who's played a ton of football and is probably better uh, in a spot where he doesn't have to play in space so much. Okay. Joe Tipman, one of the best young centers in the Big Ten, another four-star uh, kid. Uh, and then they have uh, the right side of the line, a little bit uh, of work to do uh, because they have a couple of guys, a Tanner Bordellini, a Michael Furtney, that they like it right guard and right tackle. And then there's Logan Brown, who was a huge get for them. He was a five-star kid out of, out of Michigan. They went in there and stole him from everybody, and uh, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. They threw him at right tackle. He did not look great this spring. Um, so I'd be surprised if he ends up being the starter at right tackle. But behind them, a four-star kid in J.P. Benchwell. They got a five-star kid in Nolan Rucci, who everybody wanted out of Pennsylvania. Like they have a, a yep. ton. They've, they have built a ton of depth on paper, on paper, of a really good offensive line that I think is going to take a, a significant step up. They do obviously have questions that they need to find out, you know, but they have the bodies there. And I think that Bob Bostad is back coaching the offensive line. He had been the inside linebackers coach for the last five years. But he was the offensive line coach from 2008 to 2011 for Wisconsin. And you think about some of the lines that they put out in those years, especially in 2010 and 2011, how good they were, how many of those guys went on to the NFL. There's a hope that he's going to be able to uh, get them back towards that. And he said as much. He, he kind of caught himself, to be honest with you, Doug. He, uh, he was talking about Joe Rudolph and, or you know, about the offensive line. And he's, I don't think he was intentionally, in, intentionally trying to say something bad about Joe, but he goes – we need to get back to, and then he cut himself off. Um, oh. But he know, he knows they need to get back to to being Wisconsin football and, and you know beating some people up up front and also protecting quarterback because they haven't done a very good job of it. We know the history of Wisconsin running backs. When we so when we think about Jonathan Taylor and Melvin Gordon and Monty Ball and Ron Dane and everybody else who has been a star at Wisconsin. Listen, Braylon Allen, right? Didn't become the full-time starter till like week five or whatever it was last year. The guy has a lot in front of him, but what he's put down so far is pretty impressive. Is there a guy that he's like, is do people say, Oh, well, you know, he could be like when you have a, such a history at a position, I'm sure you have some easy reference points. What do, how good do people, he's good. Yeah. How good do people think Braylon Allen could be? Well, you think about this, the Mount Rush, Rushmore of, running backs at Wisconsin and Jonathan Taylor has to be up there. Ron Dane has to be up there. And in my opinion, Melvin Gordon has to be up there. And then, you know, that there's a whole bunch of other names you could throw in there. Braylon Allen is not like any guy that they've ever had Hmm. because like he's a, he's, he's 240, 245. They've had a guy like that in John Clay. John Clay was not sporting a six pack, right? Like this kid is just, this kid is insane. He's, he's big. He's six, three. He, I mean, he's, 60, 62, 63, 
240, something like that. I think like a lot of people would point to Derrick Henry as a, as a comparison for him. I think Derrick Henry probably has a little bit more power, but Braylon Allen, uh, I think the sky is the limit for him. He, he has got so much uh, talent and he's so still learning the position. If you think about this time last year, he just finished up his, they did a spring, they did a spring session at his high school in Fond du Lac and he ran average 15 yards of carry. So at this time last year, he was just getting done with that. And he reclassified 17 years old. Everyone's heard that stupid thing. And thank God he's 18. Now we don't have to hear that ever again. Um, but he's got, he, he looked quicker in the hole in spring. He looked, uh, his feet looked to be even better. He's learning the position, a spot that he didn't play a ton of in high school. Uh, was more of a, a defensive player in high school. Um, was thought gonna, was thought to be a, was going to be a great, great, uh, line, uh, safety or linebacker. And Jim Leonard still kind of trying saying that he might, get him back over there at some point. I don't think that's going to happen after what we saw last year, but Braylon Allen, um, just his ability to break tackles, his vision. He, it feels like he's got everything. And I think the big question was breakaway speed, but we saw him break off some big runs last year. And um, I, I, I don't really know what he doesn't have at this point. So he's got a chance. He's going to be here for what? Two more years. He's got a chance to put himself on that, that Mount Rushmore. You would think. 1,268 rushing yards last year on 186 carries really took over against Illinois on October 9th. From then on against Illinois, 131 yards, then 108, 140, 104, 129, 173 against Northwestern, 228 on 22 carries against Nebraska, then only 17 for 47 in the loss to Minnesota, the bowl game 29 for 159 against Arizona State. There's Ohio State's not going to have seen anybody like Braylon Allen before Braylon Allen in this week four game, you know, they're going to get Michael Mayer at tight end at Notre Dame, but I, they're not going to see a back like this. And with what CJ Burdell for Oregon did last year with what Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum did for Michigan last year, listen, Ohio state brought in a $2 million defensive coordinator. They, their talent has taken a step up. Their biggest question is still at linebacker. You're not, I don't think Ohio state fans are going to know for sure. Like, I don't know that they'll stop Bradley Allen. I don't think, We'll know that. We'll think, okay, I guess the Ohio State defense looks better. I think it has to look better than it did last year. But against a physical offensive line with some talent and a dude, like a big dude, there's a there's a chance that this would fit right in the thing of, oh, this could be a thing that really is an issue for Ohio State. And, and was, this is what Wisconsin does – but if this guy is even rare among Wisconsin backs, this is what has a chance to make September 24th, like really interesting. It does. And from a, and that's from, right. From, from Ohio state perspective, like how are we going to stop this guy? And then from a Wisconsin perspective, it's okay. They're going to stack the box. Can we actually beat them in the past game? Right? Like that it, Ohio state's going to come up. Yep. Will will they have to respect anything Wisconsin does in the past game? And that, I mean, it goes back to Graham Mertz, of course, right? Can Graham Mertz make teams pay for focusing so much on Braylon Allen? And I think, you know, Wisconsin's receiving core, they, they obviously lost a couple of long-term guys, Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor and Jake Ferguson, all, all three of those on teams in the NFL. Um, but they, they, I think that they've added some pieces, especially mm. a wide receiver. Chimray DK is a, a junior who came in uh, and played right away as a true freshman, but he's a guy that, I think has a chance to be their a legit number one receiver, their first since Quintez Siebert's 
like normally Wisconsin does not have a legit number one receiver. They just, it just doesn't happen. Uh, you could go back to Jared Aberdaris and Alex Erickson, and those names aren't going to jump out to anybody that doesn't actually watch Wisconsin football. So um, he's got a chance to be that. And Ken Graham Mertz and the rest of the passing game take advantage of what I'm sure Ohio State will be doing, just like every other team does against Wisconsin, is that is force them into long uh, passing situations and, and uh, take their chances. And uh, I imagine that's going to happen a lot on, on uh, September 24th. All right, defensive side of the ball, you look at the SP Plus ratings. Bill Connolly just updated them recently at ESPN.com. Number one defense is Wisconsin. Now, there's a lot of Big Ten defenses in the top ten. Sometimes I think, wow, these Big Ten defenses, why are they ranked so high? And it might be like, well, because there's not that many good Big Ten offenses. So, (laughs) you know, it all builds on each other. But we talked about Jim Leonard already. Yes, clearly, you know, Leo Chanel and some other guys. Wisconsin lost some dudes last year. But is there a standard there now? You said you know, a decade ago with Russell Wilson, it's like, yeah, the defense. Eh. Is there an expectation and a standard that, you know, year in, year out, guys will change, but Wisconsin is going to be pretty good on this side of the ball. They lost, they lost eight starters on defense. And yet, and I have said this this spring, and I'm sure I'll get uh, blasted for it when it doesn't come true in the, in the fall. But I think in the, last year's defense was the top ranked defense in the country, yards wise. Uh, up there with points as well. I think this defense has a chance to be as good as that one. Okay. There are, I mean, so if you go position by position, defensive line, Keanu Benton, one of the better defensive tackles in the Big Ten, they bring back um, an Isaiah Mullins. They've got a couple of other young guys that have played a bunch of football for them. I think the defensive line is going to be better than it was last year. You go to quarterback where they lost three guys. They, they moved their nickel cornerback over to offense, Dean Ingram, Bobby Ingram's son move from DB over to wide receiver. So they, they're trying to replace their top three guys. They went into the transfer portal and grabbed three veteran players, Justin Clark, um, Jay Shaw, and Cedric Dort, all guys that have played a ton of football and are going to lock in there. And you have Alec, uh, Alex Smith back as well. He's a senior. I think they're better at cornerback this year. Um, outside linebacker, they got five or six guys I think could be starters on this team. Nick Herbig is obviously the guy that everyone knows in the Big Ten and what he does. He's going to be an all-Big Ten player, I think, this year. But they've got so many young guys that they've recruited so well. All the TJ, and obviously you know this, covering Ohio State, what guys do in the NFL means so much to recruits, right? Like mm-hmm. what, So what TJ Watt has done in the NFL stands out. And like, where did he do it at? Oh, Wisconsin? All right. So they've gotten just some crazy inside linebacker recruits and, and uh, really interested to see how those guys play out this year. But a TJ Bowlers, a Caden Johnson, a lot of them, two four-star guys that a lot of people wanted are going to fill in there. And I think, they, I think they're going to be really good at outside linebacker. So I think they're better at outside linebacker. Safety, they got some depth issues there, but I think they're going to be okay. The one big question is inside linebacker where you lose two of the most productive linebackers in college football in, in Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn. But they've recruited that spot pretty well too. And uh, once they find a new inside linebackers coach after uh, Bill Sheridan resigned uh, uh, last week, you know, I'm sure they'll get those guys up and going. So I think this defense has a chance to be as good um, as last year's group. And we'll see if that actually ends up happening. It's the schedule I think is certainly more difficult um, offensively than it was, than it was last year for sure. So then specifically this Ohio state, Wisconsin game uh, since 2004, 
Ohio State's 11 and one against Wisconsin. That huge loss in 2010 when Ohio State had just ascended to number one in the country. Wisconsin returns the opening kickoff for a touchdown. The building collapses in on itself. It is it is among the loudest stadiums I have ever been in. When that who was the guy who ran it back? David Gilreath. Um, Unbelievable. Still talked about to this day. And yes, I uh, contend that is the loudest moment in Camp Randall history. Unbelievable. So I have often contended. So there's two things about Wisconsin that I've contended from afar. One is I like Wisconsin more when they're underestimated rather than when they're expected to do things. A couple of years ago, I th- it might have been when they were coming off this season when they were undefeated going into the Big Ten championship game. There was a year when every when a lot of people were picking Wisconsin to make the playoff. And I was yelling, yeah. I was yelling at people. I was like, you're crazy. What are you doing? <laughs> this is not how to do this. But now it's like, hey, they've had kind of two mediocre years in a row. Maybe people are giving up on Mertz. They just lost eight defensive starters. Now I like Wisconsin. So that's one <laughs> of the things about Wisconsin. The other thing about Wisconsin, and again, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, Zach. I have a ton of respect for what Wisconsin does because to have an identity, lean into your identity, be excellent at it and win 10 games a year with it. Where at a place, it's not guaranteed that Wisconsin has to be good at football. There's no no birthright to Wisconsin being this good. And they have done that better than anybody in the big 10 in finding an identity, leaning into it and succeeding at it. But I do kind of feel like what Wisconsin does best is actually does not work against Ohio state. Like this is especially indoors in the big 10 championship game. So if Wisconsin is going to get Ohio state, I always think they're better off trying to get them in the regular season than on the fast track in Indy. But now they have, you know, they had leads at halftime against Ohio state. Like they've played Ohio state tough at times, but then it just sometimes feels like, Oh, here comes a 60 yard touchdown pass that we all know is coming. And what's Wisconsin going to do? So I like Wisconsin this year. But I also lean back on the, I feel like what Wisconsin does work, it works against everybody else, but not this game is, is what is the feeling that Wisconsin fans have when it comes to Ohio state (laughs) and and when it comes to trying to figure out a way to beat the Buckeyes? It's like trying to climb a mountain. It's like trying to climb a mountain and you don't have any gear. Um, you're, You're facing against, you're facing off against, the most talented team in the big 10, but also one of the most talented teams in the country. You're doing it, trying to do it uh, the same way you've been doing it since the 1990s. Um, uh, there, obviously there's a little bit more pass offense to it than what they, they were early in Barry Alvarez's tenure, but it, it feels like an impossible, I think for Wisconsin fans, it feels like an impossible climb. I guess it's just, you see them up there, but you are just not going to be able to catch them. You're just not going to be able to get all the way to the top. And that's the way that, people feel about Ohio state and look, it's been, as you mentioned, it's been a long time since they've beaten them. They've had their chances. Uh Obviously, right. They went to overtime in 2012 against them. Uh, They had an opportunity in the 2017 championship game. They had an opportunity in the 2019 championship game. They had an opportunity in 2016, the overtime game. 2016. Yeah. Two overtime games at at camp Randall. Um, So they've had, they've been there, but they just can't, reach and 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 pull themselves all the way up so it feels like an uphill climb and it feels like an even more uphill climb because you're doing it on the road likely i think uh at night and uh that crowd it's just it's it the 16 point spread i think is what i i i think i saw some of those early spreads it makes complete sense and uh i would be i guess i wouldn't be surprised if ohio state covers and covers by a lot just because it's it, it just feels that way. Like being, having watched Wisconsin football as long as I have and having covered it now 
you know, for more than a decade, it just feels like the impossible climb that they're just never going to be able to get all the way to the top and, and grab them. So um, you're right about them <laughs> going against Ohio State and, and doing the things that Ohio State probably is really good at stopping the run in terms of the way that Wisconsin wants to run offense. It's just uh, it just I don't think it's going to work. And so that's that's really tough. And look, defense can be great, but I think Ohio State's offense is going to be even better. So it's just it's a really, really tough matchup for Wisconsin and for pretty much everybody in the Big Ten. And the one caveat to that is what if Graham Mertz <laughs> is good, right? <laughs> what, what if, yeah, you never know, right? What if it's uh, I don't know if you said there's a, there was a Marvel series on, on uh, Disney, the Disney, uh, Disney plus that it's what if, and it just throws all these different things at it. That'd be a heck of a, what if you you can probably get like a month of content out of that this summer. If you, if you turn a Marvel show, what if the, the Graham, like Graham Mertz is like a Marvel character. Like kind of like, you know, this guy from the plant from Kansas, right? There's all kinds of superheroes that come from the plains yeah. of Kansas, right? Yep. An underdog guy and it comes and expectations. He's kind of down, like a downtrodden teenager who right. things aren't quite working out. That's every superhero in the world. But then suddenly, then suddenly, boom, you know, like he's got the suit. So yeah, whatever you got to do to get through the summer. Listen, folks, people listening to this, has have we had better guests than Zach Heilprin? No, we have not. That guy broke it down. Zach, oh. Look at me. What I just I'm out of the blue. Who's this person? I got an email. It's a, it's a Twitter message. What? You've got a job. You have a life to live. And you give us nearly an hour of your time here on Buckeye Talk. Zach, we're so grateful. That was a tremendous breakdown, man. I appreciate it, Doug. Thanks for having me. Really now, enjoyed wh- it. Where can people, if they if they say, man, I got I want to learn about the Badgers, can they listen yeah. to your station online? What can they do to try to find a little more Zach in their lives? Yeah, we got uh, we got a ton of ton of Badger coverage on our on our stations. Uh, we host a weekly show called ben, Kenny and Heilprint. It's all Badgers all the time. Also have a couple of podcasts uh, that uh, it's called the Camp. I don't know if you can figure out why it's called the Camp, but uh, that's a football podcast. And then also the Swing, which is a basketball podcast. You can find that uh, wherever you find your wherever you find your podcasts uh, as well. So yeah, you can listen. You can listen to the station. The zone 96.7 FM and 1670 AM in Madison. You can also download the app, the zone app, uh, madcitysportzone.com. You guys got to listen to the camp and the swing. I got to tell you, man, back in the day, there was that, that period, Bo Ryan in basketball, Brett Bielema in football. They were so, I, the Wisconsin Ohio state cross sport rivalry there for like four or five years. I got talking about content. Yes. Oh, yeah, Bo Ryan. Oh my God, Bo Ryan with the whole what was it? The was it the spitting? What was the thing that was a thing? Was, oh my God, it was great. It was a spitting, and then he told them to deal with it. Right? Deal with uh, it. Deal with it. And then they go. To, well, they they dealt with it by blowing the heck out of them when they came down to Columbus the next time. But yeah, it was the it was the because they 2010 they beat them when they were number one, right? Uh, the football team. Uh, beat them when they were number one. And then the basketball team was also number one and came in and they were up by like 15 and Wisconsin came back and beat them to Uh, to that, that year. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Bo Ryan, Brett Bielma reporters dream uh, uh, up here. Um, And we've now gone to Paul Christ and I like Greg guard, but not exactly the same personality as Bo Ryan. 
Oh, Bo is Bo is unbelievable. And like, and what a great coach. And again, like, yes. you know, even like the 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 Greg Oden, Mike Conley year in 06, Ooh. 07 with Orlando Tucker. And it's like, those who could fun. hang with those guys? It's like Wisconsin could hang with those guys. So yeah. that was and that was it, you know, that was then that that time around 2000. That's like when they went to Legends and Leaders and Ohio State and Wisconsin were in the same division. It was like they've got to go through each other in football. And the Ohio State football program was was obviously in a, in, in flux yeah. and Bielema's being Bielema. And oh, there was a there was a great time i'm curious to see sort of what happens with divisions and everything with with the big 10 and that kind of thing but there have been moments when ohio state and wisconsin on the field and on the court have been as good arrivals like in actual gameplay as anybody ohio state's played. i mean there have been yeah. absolutely awesome games between these two schools yeah when you when you think about it and ohio state would never think of wisconsin as a rival but like in the in the you know the two thousands and the early teens, Wisconsin fans definitely thought of Ohio State as a rival because they were competing. They were actually yeah. somewhat competing with them. You know what I mean? Like and actually having some good games and that type of thing. But yeah, there's uh, so many memories and so many and so many memories for Wisconsin fans revolve around Ohio State and Ohio State games, um, which obviously Ohio State has been is Ohio State. And anytime you beat them. Anytime they come to town, it's just a different atmosphere around here. 2003, 2010, uh, 2016, like all those games still just are, are talked about to this day. He's Zach Heilprin. He's the guy you want to be listening to when it's time to talk Wisconsin sports. Zach, thank you again so much for your time. Appreciate it, Doug. All right, guys, we will be back to wrap this up on Buckeye Talk right after this. All right, so I'm not trying to be alarmist here. My, my goal of these uh, – team previews is not to have everyone be like, ah, maybe they'll beat Ohio State. Maybe Arkansas State will beat Ohio State. I am in on Wisconsin. And I say that as someone who was never in on Wisconsin. Brandon Allen, to me, is the most impressive young running back in the Big Ten since Saquon Barkley. And Saquon Barkley happened to come to Columbus as a true freshman. And you said, who is that guy? And he became Saquon Barkley. We didn't see Braylon Allen play Ohio State last year. This guy is a 240-pound tackle breaker with burst. And the way that he gets through the first level and then explodes into the second level, he breaks initial contact early and then is off like a rocket ship. He looks like Zeke. Go watch some Braylon Allen highlights. He's big and he's fast. He can bounce outside. He looks like Ezekiel Elliott. And what he did as a 17-year-old last year was remarkable and for Wisconsin to be bringing that into Columbus in week four for the Big Ten opener this is a good thing for Ohio State this game is not in Madison I'm sort of joking about Graham Mertz but listen this is a real Wisconsin defense with one of the best coordinators in the country they have their weaknesses and their weaknesses are can they stop the pass but if this offense can do anything for Wisconsin, if they can move the ball on the ground, and if Graham Mertz is, is competent even, because at lots of times last year at quarterback, he wasn't competent. If he's competent, they're good up front. They have a good scheme. Jim Leonard will have a plan. And there are times when we go look back and we say, man, Ohio State had trouble. Why? Well, because the other coach did something. So Joe Moorhead did it a year ago for Oregon. Mike McDonald, the Michigan defensive coordinator, did it a year ago. Jim Leonard's that kind of coordinator. I don't have a lot of faith in Paul Chris, but that's why I think bringing in Bobby Ingram, I wrote kind words about Paul Chris a couple years ago because I thought like as the steward of the ship, especially in comparison to someone like Jim Harbaugh, he was stewarding 
Wisconsin in a much better way than Harbaugh was early on. But now I do think he's a little bit at a dividing line, and I, I think maybe he's headed on a downward slope here. But for now, to bring in a new offensive coordinator, I think that's a plus, and they have a really good defensive coordinator. Wisconsin has not been good in Columbus. Last five, so the last time Wisconsin won in Columbus was 2004. That's when Barry Alvarez was just a pain in the neck for Jim Tressel. Since then, it's been pretty convincing in Columbus. 2007, 38-17. 2009, 31-13. 2011, the chaos year. It's the miracle Braxton Miller passed to Devin Smith, beating Russell Wilson 33-29. That Ohio State won that game is is unbelievable. 2013, it's 31-24, but Ohio State was up 31-14 going into the fourth. Wisconsin scored a couple times late. It wasn't really a one-score game. And then 2019, it's 38-7. It's not close. Where Wisconsin has competed, we know they've they've played some games where they've hung with Ohio State at least a little bit in the Big Ten Championship games, even though it always felt like Ohio State was going to pull away. In Madison, um, the last... Six games in Madison, Wisconsin has won two, and two of the Ohio State wins, the last two, went into overtime. So if this game was in Madison, it would almost be red alert status for me. 2002, Ohio State wins 19-14. There's a Chris Gamble interception in the last seven minutes to preserve a five-point win. 2003, 17-10, Wisconsin win. 2008, it's a game-winning Terrell Pryor touchdown run with a minute eight left to win 20-17. to That was tight. 2010, Ohio State's number one. Wisconsin returns the opening kickoff, as we talked about. 31-18, Wisconsin win. 2012, 21-14, overtime win for Ohio State. 2016, 30-23, overtime win for Ohio State. So the, the last six games in Madison, it's two Wisconsin wins, two overtime wins for Ohio State, and a five-point win and a three-point win that were preserved late. Can Wisconsin compete in Columbus? Braylon Allen is the real deal. I think Michael Mayer at Notre Dame and Braylon Allen at Wisconsin are the two best offensive players Ohio State has on the regular schedule this year. Braylon Allen, when he came on the scene sort of last two-thirds of last season, they just started leaning so hard on the run game. Graham Mertz was incompetent for a lot of last year. He doesn't have to be great. He has to be... Not terrible, but again, he's got a little bit of a pedigree in there. More so than these other guys. More so than Jack Cohn. More so than Scott Tolzien. So I I just think, man, if that pops at all, if they find something there at all, because this is how Wisconsin, Wisconsin last year starts off 1-3. and three. They lose to Penn State. They beat Eastern Michigan. They lose to Notre Dame. They lose to Michigan. In those three losses, they score 10, 13, and 17. Non-functional. Here's what they do the rest of the year. Their last nine games, they average 19.9 passes per game and 43.8 rushing attempts per game. Illinois, 19 passes, 61 rushes. Army, 15 passes, 43 rushes. Purdue, eight passing attempts. Five of eight, Graham Mertz was. 51 rushing attempts. The only game where they threw it more than they ran it is the only game they lost against Minnesota. So if you can stop Braylon Allen, he had like 47 yards that game. If Ohio State can stop Braylon Allen, okay then. Do you think Ohio State can stop Braylon Allen? Do you think this linebacking core and these defensive tackles and these defensive ends and this three safety defense, is that ready to stop a 240-pound tackle breaker with burst? Maybe. It's Ohio State, man, right? Jim Knowles is here. Jim, Jim Leonard's good. Jim Knowles is here. He's good too. Braylon Allen is go 
watch Braylon Allen. And it's one of those things I do think, at least it happens with me. You guys know a lot of times I'm like, hey, I don't cover other teams. So I have, you know, now that I have the College Football Survivor Show, I certainly am paying more attention nationally than I used to. But I'm paying attention at the playoff level. Wisconsin starts 1-3. and three. They weren't in the payoff, playoff mix last year. I didn't watch a lot of Braylon Allen last year. Go watch Braylon Allen. Go watch Braylon Allen. He's, he's Bucky Bijan, right? You want a big physical running back? He's, he's Madison Derrick Henry. So this is real against a defense that was hurt by the run last year. This guy is going to be much better this year than he was a year ago. And if Graham Mertz can do anything, when I started off doing my math, and again, part of this is I have the percent chance of winning for Ohio State in each game. You multiply, 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 multiply. You get finally to a what percent chance of Ohio State being 12-0 and this year. I started off, I had Wisconsin at 92%. A 92% chance of Ohio State winning. After talking with Zach, after looking more at this, I am I am dropping this to 82%. So that's still a big a big thing. But that's like a one in five chance of Wisconsin coming in and winning this game. And they haven't done that traditionally. I think this is a chance that this is a little bit of a different Wisconsin. Real defense, not the kind of defense that can stop CJ Stroud, but a real defense generally, a real Big Ten defense, a real running back and a quarterback that's got some upside hidden in there somewhere if they can find it. I don't know if a lot of people are going to be on the Wisconsin bandwagon this year. I think people are jumping off of it. I have made fun of people in the past for being on the Wisconsin bandwagon. So if I'm on it now, you know I I there's I don't want to I don't even like cheese. Right? I don't. I like cheese on pizza. It's weird. I would never eat a slice of cheese. I don't want to eat a cheese stick. I don't want to eat a slice of cheese on a sandwich, but if you melt cheese, I feel like if you melt cheese, it's just a different product. So on pizza, pizza's my favorite food, cheesy. Now, I really do like the sauce more than the cheese, but I don't even like cheese. I'm not inclined. I don't like beer. I've had, I've told you guys my beer story. I went to an Anheuser-Busch brewery tour when I was in elementary school. The overwhelming smell of the hops, I can smell it still to this day. I've had no more than 10 ounces of beer in my entire life. The most beer I ever drank when I was ru- rushing my fraternity and we were playing beer pong, and I felt like I had to drink the beer, and I was like, ugh, ugh. so I don't eat cheese and I don't drink beer. I'm not about the Badgers. But I think this is a good football team in a lot of different areas. So, it's not red alert, because it is in Columbus, but it is some alert, because I think Braylon Allen might be special, special. And I think we should have a lot of respect. And everybody in the Big Ten does have a lot of respect for Jim Leonard. So, 82% chance for Ohio State to win this game. It's going to adjust all of my math. I wasn't planning on this. And so, I will make fun of myself if Ohio State wins this game 55 to nothing. And everybody says, I remember what Doug said, that he was uh, be on alert for Wisconsin. But I'm just telling you, I agree with, with what Zach said. Uh... This I, I never had a lot of respect for Jonathan Taylor. I always thought he was good. I always thought J.K. Dobbins was better. Now, Jonathan Taylor has gone on and is a tremendous running back in the NFL. I was probably wrong. I probably, me personally, not many other people did. Everybody loved Jonathan Taylor. I probably underrated Jonathan Taylor. But I look at Braylon Allen, and I think, that guy, that's a running back that impresses me. So, didn't know that's where we would end up, but that's where we are. That's Wisconsin preview for week four. 
Uh, next week, Rutgers. Rutgers is not going to impress me, but we did talk. I talked to Steve Politi, who is the columnist for NJ.com, and we talked about Rutgers football for like 15 minutes. We talked, you know, they have a an early enrolled quarterback who is sort of like their like Jersey version of Quinn Ewers, but he stuck around. He's going to be their quarterback, Gavin Winsat. They don't have a lot else, but then we talked about sports writing because Steve Politi is one of the best sports writers in the country, and I know you, some of you guys like some of that inside sports writer stuff. So we had a good sports writing conversation because, man, I'm not talking about Rutgers football for an hour. You guys know that. All right. Thanks to Zach Heilprin, who I thought was awesome, and we're so grateful for his time. Thanks to you guys for listening. I'm Doug Maurice. Unbelievably impressed by Wisconsin. I'm not, I'm not unbelievably impressed. It's unbelievable that I am impressed. I never thought that was going to be the case. And that was Buckeye Talk. Mm-hmm.